up, UConn fans? Sunday, January 10th. It's about noon right now. Coming off a win over Butler, 72-60 to 60 last night, even without James Booknight. A great win, a great team win. It was a wire-to-wire win, I believe. Game started off very well for the Huskies, as up as much as 11-3. to Butler started uh, scoring a little bit more in the half court, mostly off either straight line drives to the hoop or cuts off the post. It was a five-point game at halftime before UConn seemed to reemphasize the defensive game plan, and they eventually ballooned their lead up to, I think, as much as 19 in the second half before Butler slowly started to come back. And then UConn was able to, again, I think it was at the under-eight timeout, again, a re-emphasis on defense, I would imagine, by Dan Hurley and the staff. And UConn closed very well, again, winning 72-60. James Booknight did not play. Tyler Polly led the all-scorers, or all-UConn scorers, I think all-scorers too, with 19, continued to stay hot. Quick note on Polly: if he can start to assemble just a different part of his game, he's shown flashes of taking it to the hoop. Um, you know, it's not the most fluid takes, or it's not like he's breaking down a defender. He uses his shot pick very well. But if he can start finishing more consistently on – on layups or getting fouls, and it's a lot to to ask and develop midseason, especially for a senior at this point in their in their career. But that's obviously the next step for him. I mean, similar to the way Booknight is now going to appear on opposing team scouting reports after that Creighton performance. Tyler Polly is going to be at the top of every team we play of their scouting report. It's going to be, hey, run this guy off the three point line. Do not let him shoot. Force him to put it on the deck into the hoop, and we'll be there to help and hopefully contest. So, you know, obviously when Book Knight's back, he garners so much attention that Polly will still get his, and in transition, Polly will get his attempts. But, you know, he's going to have to develop a little bit more, so I'm excited to see what's in store for him. Tyrese Martin had 15 points. And it was a it was an interesting game for Martin. I loved how we would run sets for him on on the block and get him the ball. His finishing, I never thought I'd say this based off, I mean, kind of limited limited uh, data, so to speak. But off the ball, sorry, not off the ball, but his ability to finish is something that needs to improve especially in those one-on-one situations. I mean, maybe in transition he's a little bit better, but I just feel like he's got to extend a little bit more or uh, or simply simply dunk it. So those are my thoughts on Martin. Again, he, he's so valuable. His his ability to, to catch and shoot on three-pointers yesterday was, again, something that you're like, all right, this is another, another addition to, to his game that we weren't totally sure we had. So hopefully that stays consistent, and 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 we'll see. R.J. Cole and Gaffney and, and Adams, you know, didn't exactly light it up on the offensive end, but I, I would I'd have to watch the film. Hopefully I can get to it. 
but their, their defense continues just to be to be really good, and and th- this leads me to to a key point. I tweeted out some numbers this morning, but UConn's ability to defend the three point line is something that's so valuable, especially now in college basketball where teams are shooting a lot of threes. It's where they get a majority of their offense, and you know they're playing you know four out, five out you know, screen the screener sets, running guys off double screens, elevator screens, anything you can to get open three-pointers. And so currently UConn ranks 25th in defensive three-point percentage in the country, and they're very well much at the top of the the Big East in defensive three-point percentage. And you may be sitting there saying, okay, well, I'm sure those numbers might regress, or how much of that is, is just teams – teams missing versus good defense. Well, let me tell you, a lot of it's good defense. We've covered closeouts at length. Again, I really hope I can get to some film and that it's uploaded and we can watch this to break down some of the closeouts. And some of it isn't even closeout. Some of it is more forcing players like Bolden and Harris, forcing them to catch it 35 feet from the basket. To the point where even if they're able to hit, you know, an NBA three, they're not going to shoot it from even deeper out. So, again, it's that ball pressure and it's closeouts. And just looking at some numbers this morning, you look at Marquette, Kobe McCune, Jamal Cain, both 40-plus percent three-pointer, three-point shooters. Combined, they were taking a little over eight three-point attempts in games, and against UConn, they attempted four. So, well below their average there. Against Butler, Bolden and Harris should combining for a little bit more than 10 plus three-point attempts per game, held to just seven three-point attempts. And one of them happened with 46 seconds left. So you take that out, then that's six, which is about four below their season average in terms of three-point attempts. So, again, you know, there's one thing of teams missing threes. It's another thing if if teams' best shooters can't even get three-point shots off. And UConn and Hurley have done a really good job at that. We even look back at the Creighton game. I said, hey, let's just take a look at this. And in the Creighton game, Balick and um, Mahoney, that's his name, were shooting a, a combined, I think, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, 13, yeah, I think over, a little over 13 combined three-point attempts on the year heading into that game. They only shot nine in the UConn game. So, again, below the average of attempts. Zygarowski got his attempts eight, but he was one for eight, as we've covered it in length. R.J. Cole was just phenomenal on him. So that's just a testament to this Dan Hurley defense. Again, you can look at the numbers, you know, just the the percentages, the raw percentages, and say, okay, how much of that is just teams missing wide-open looks? Well, I'm here to tell you that it's more than that. It is the UConn defense having an attention, the UConn coaches having an attention to detail, in the scouting report, hammering on those points, hey, don't let this guy shoot, force him to catch
lines, force them to put it on the deck. And then it's the UConn players, specifically right now the backcourt, Brendan Adams, R.J. Cole, Jalen Gaffney, uh, Book Knight when he's been playing. You know, even Martin and, and Polly, when Polly was guarding Kane on Marquette the other day, you know, the attention to detail and the execution by those players is really, really impressive. So just just some things to monitor as we go forward. Again, I tweeted this out. Villanova would be the the ultimate measuring test, right? They put their their three point shooting team. That's what they do. And so it'd be interesting to see how much of that could get could get taken away. So uh, I'm curious to go back on the film, um, look at our offense a little bit more, and just kind of what happened. It was a very balanced attack. We had I think six players shoot over five times, which is great. You know, without book night, it allows to be more of a free-flowing offense where you're not just running sets for him over and over again, um, which can be good in some cases. And, you know, I thought there were a couple possessions where we were able to execute in those transition opportunities, hitting ahead to Polly off a great defensive stop um, for a three. You know, those are the possessions that I think Hurley wants to see more of. And, again, it's not just – turning into a really fast-paced team. It's more, hey, when we get a stop, let's try to turn it into points, especially a poly three or maybe Cole or Gaffney or Booknight when he's healthy to the basket or even Martin. So so we'll see going forward if, if that turns into something more. Um, Sonogo, unfortunately, in foul trouble. And actually, I said, Josh Carlton, like, <laughs> he's funny. We joke around about him and everything, but – like, his defense has legit been really good. Like his ability, his, his hard hedge is improved um, dramatically. You know, you think he's this awkward guy, but he's he's improved dramatically. And and also his ability just to, to guard so far away from the hoop, like one-on-one. You know, granted, he's going against other, other front court players, but um, I just never thought, I'd, you know, we'd see the day. But he's legitimately been good, and it's it's real. I'm really happy for him. And and then we got to talk about him. We haven't talked about him enough. I have not talked about him enough. I'm sorry. I apologize. But Isaiah Whaley, you know, I remember last year in a game he had like I think it might have been against who was it? It was an XL Center game, and he had. Uh, it's driving me nuts that I can't think of who who we were playing. But he had, like, three hard hedges in a row and was just unbelievable in it. And, you know, I think we tweeted out, as I'm sure other Twitter accounts did, that are going to try to take credit because that's what they do. They love credit. That's You know, they want their name on it. That's what they do. It is what it is. But he he hard hedged, like, three possessions in a row, and we tweeted out, like, best hard hedger in the country, right? And, um, you know, kind of as a joke because it's a funny, like, stat, and it's, it's um, I like it's true. I don't really watch a lot of hard hedges of other teams, but his ability to to keep a ball handler at bay, force him back to the hoop, have active hands. It, it, what's most impressive is when you he can like read when a ball handler is about to lose it or doesn't have it, and he just gets his hands in there. The amount of times he's forced steals, where he's tipping it away, diving it on the floor, is just amazing uh, to watch. And then. You know his shot blocking has been has been really 
has been really good. I, I'm looking forward to watching the film and watching his his activity off the ball um, and being in proper position to shot block. And you know, maybe we'll try to get a Whaley article. Only one game on Monday. Um, DePaul, and then it's a week off. So maybe try to get some Whaley content out there because he he deserves more um, than what he's got. And and part of that's on us. Um, to be honest, obviously we we tweet out stuff, but some of the we, we need to have video breakdowns more of him because that's how good he's been. Um, last note in terms of players, uh, a, a Cook. Obviously, good to see him back. Didn't play much. That's fine. Um, you know, we'll just keep monitoring him. You know, it's going to take a while for him to get back to what he was. And what's nice is we're a deep team, um, which may cause for some weird lineups. But, you know, we're a deep team, so we don't have to just throw him in to, to the mix right away. So so that's good. Um, so overall, again, 72-60 win. Great win, wire to wire, especially without your best player, regardless of what you think of Butler and their um, – in their play, you know, anytime you go on the road in the Big East, fans or no fans, and you can win like that where you're, you know, really able to extend your lead in the second half is um, is impressive. And when you do it without one of the best scorers in the country, it's even more impressive. So just all about UConn for this win. Uh, we've got DePaul on Monday at 6 o'clock. We're at DePaul. Um, this will end our three-game road trip before having a week off unless some Big East game gets gets rescheduled but um I don't I don't really know I don't know how that works so um so you know we beat DePaul last time we'll try to have some preview stuff on it just some things we saw the first time we played them and how they might be implemented um in Monday's game so that's going to do it for Bleed Blue Blog uh, I was driving while doing this, tried to do about 15 minutes worth. Hopefully the audio is okay. Hopefully it's not too bumpy. Um, I had to kind of avoid some bikers at some point, at one point, which is why I stumbled over some words earlier. But And if you're still listening, now you're just listening to me blabber, which clearly I like to talk. But I won't take credit for that. So great win for UConn, great win for the Huskies. Team, team, team win. Got to love it. And back in action for DePaul, thank you for listening, and um, we'll see you on Twitter. Have a great rest of your Sunday and a good start to the week.